forever. Dog. They write, they talk, and talk about what they write. Tune in tonight, or whenever the time is right. It's the Writer's Panel with Ben Blacker, and it's starting now. Oh, yeah! Hi, thank you all for being here. Um, I want to ask you to just sort of go around and introduce yourselves. Uh, the most listeners already know you, but I want to hear, I want them to hear your voice so they can differentiate you when you speak today. Um, and Carlos, let's start with you, my old friend. Hey, buddy. Um, <laughs> hi, everybody. Uh, Carlos, I'm Carlos. Tell, you, tell us yeah, who you are and who what you're up to yeah. lately. Uh, lately, well, besides gaining the quarantine something pounds, um, mm -mm. I was lucky enough to finish up on a, on a Netflix uh, show coming out next year. It's a hybrid animation show. And um, I also did a little bit of a, a work on a show on the CW called Two Sentence Horror Stories. So I'm really excited for um, that episode to get uh, get filmed and produced. It's going to be we're really, really happy for it. And um, I sold my first uh, first series for option, my first pilot uh, back in August. So that's been great. And got a couple more in the works and, you know, development. Uh, Hell, I mean heaven, development heaven, and just uh, just you know going out there and putting stuff in ovens and baking off this and baking off that and you know <laughs> the grind, which has become a little more I think magnified <laughs> since you can't leave a room, so you're just you know that's all you do essentially. So, uh, but yeah, yeah. And happy. That's um, something. Yeah, that's something I want to sort of talk about with all of you is like all of these meetings and how good or bad they are. Uh, doing them from the same location all the time. Um, but let's keep going around. Nicole. Um, hi, Nicole Levy. Um, I am currently a supervising producer on SWAT, uh, which airs on CBS. We are, uh, we were one of the first shows to get back up shooting. So every day is an adventure, but we're still shooting. So <laughs> wow. go us. Um, uh, along with that, I have uh, a pilot that is, alive but in a weird we're probably not going to decide anything until after the new year place so there's that um developing another project uh i'm consulting on a video game project which whatever how that happened and uh and i'm writing a book about what it's like to be in a writer's room oh yes. cool awesome so yeah i have i'm doing too many things is what's happening <laughs> <laughs> That's all. That's all exciting stuff, though. Thanks for taking the time to chat, uh, Alana. Do you know what? I, sorry, I, I here. Can I tell you what happened? Sorry, I, I lived a thousand lives in those two seconds. So, what happened was I was like, "Am I recording?" And so I stopped it because I was like, "Let me start again." And then I had to save it, and then I started it again. And then Ben, you sounded like it was like. And I was like, he's absolutely calling on me. Like, of course <laughs> that would happen. So I'm no longer recording. Um, so I should, is that okay? Okay. I'm, it's fine. <laughs> okay. I'm recording now. Why was it weird? Only when I was spotlighted. Okay. It's fine. I can go. Is it my turn? I'm so sorry. <laughs> Alana, I'm not cutting any of this out. <laughs> no! this I want to watch this show. Yes. All day. <laughs> All day. <laughs> well, then I'll move on. My name is Alana. Um, I'm so sorry. I 
am, I have been awake since about 6 a.m. Um, <laughs> because I am the uh, creator, showrunner of Diary of the Future President on Disney Plus, which is much less of a hot mess than me on Zoom, um, I hope. Uh, and we are shooting. I'm literally in my office. I had to leave set a little early to do this. Um, oh. and, and I looked to SWAT with such like that you were the, the trailblazers of that. And um, Knockwood, we in like, you know, a few minutes, I'll get the text that we wrapped episode seven of 10. So we are Ooh, God. Making, wow. it, making it work. Yeah. Um, I want, well, we'll, we'll get into it. Uh, let's, let's continue, please. Anyone pick up and let's, let's get done with this part. <laughs> <laughs> Ruined it all. I'll dive episode. in. Uh, cause it's nice and simple. Hey y'all. Jay Holtham here, currently a supervising producer on TV, Supergirl. Uh, and that is almost entirely the only thing I did all year. Uh, yes, been working on season six of Supergirl since February, still working on it. Uh, we are in production in Vancouver, uh, and I will be on it, I think, uh, forever. Um, but it's great, and I love it. I'm having a blast. Uh, and yeah, that's pretty much it. I dipped my toe this summer into a little developmenty stuff for the first time, uh, and that's that's uh, that's it, though. That's that's all I got. Cool. Well, we want to hear about all of it. Who else is here? Uh, hi, it's uh, Tamara Becker Wilkinson. I'm currently an executive producer on Doom Patrol on HBO Max. And uh, over over the summer, I, um, I, I've i also uh, been on a development deal at Warner Brothers. So I've got a couple of things going. We sold um, a project I'm supervising, we sold to the CW. And uh, another one we didn't, and it's dead. So, yeah, you know. Congratulations on the one you did. That's exciting. Thank you. Yeah, it's very cool. That's great. Uh, Andrew, take us home. Um, my name is Andrew Miller, and I've been developing this entire time in this very spot. I've barely moved. <laughs> um, I, uh, I, I had a thing, a giant thing collapse at the sort of the tail end of last year. And then so all this year I've been catching up and now I have three pilots waiting to go out with the 80 million other pilots in mm. January. Mm. Oh, Can I say Lord. also Andrew Miller has a legit crazy board behind him. <laughs> yeah. It's a murder board. Like, Why do you have a murder board? Yeah, he's yeah, having he a murder. Yeah. Oh, he doesn't. I crazy. haven't left this spot in eight months. <laughs> yeah. He's so. like, who is it? Who is it? I, I figured out who Jack the Ripper is. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God. Right. <laughs> that is legit. I have shot that on seven shows. <laughs> <laughs> This is a set. I had someone mock this up when I do interviews that I can record. <laughs> in my interview, so I, yeah. yeah, you did a great job setting your alibi, too. Yeah. I, have, I have not left this room. I swear. Working on these pilots. Uh-huh. Like, like airline pilots. Is yeah. <laughs> waiting to let them out in January. I, I can trace any conspiracy within two pushpins on the <laughs> No serial killing happening. <laughs> um, Andrew, legitimately, is that one show on that board behind you? Uh, 
Yeah, it's one season of a show um, about uh, uh, conspiracies, online conspiracies. But I, I did it. No. A, <laughs> <laughs> at the beginning of quarantine, I thought I'm going to write a podcast because I can shoot it. Was my thinking, and mm. then uh, I was at a deal at a place where things moved very slowly. So it it it, uh, it I just kept writing, and now it's that. But it's a uh, yeah. It was based on a on an article that I thought was really funny at the beginning of quarantine. And then it became deadly serious and awful, which was that like Oof. a crazy conspiracy was really every conspiracy. And, um, and then people started behaving irrationally. Like the Z, the Venn diagram of conspiracies became so tight that what was once like only 4% of Americans believe in lizard people. Now it's, you know, much higher. So it was, it went from comedy to tragedy. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Good Lord. Um, while we're on the subject, let's let's talk about development. Um, it seems like all of you, all of us have had um, some experience in this past year. Um, and I, I don't want this to be, you know, complaining for an hour, despite, you know, how I <laughs> opened. Um, I should leave. But I'll then. say this. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I may go. Um, I'll say this. My experience this year was extremely frustrating. Um, it was really hard. Uh, the pitching was great. I don't mind pitching over Zoom. I like not leaving my house. That's kind of great. Um, <laughs> everyone's nodding, which I appreciate. <laughs> um, but it felt like getting any momentum. It feels like this kind of pitch is so much more um, disposable. Um, and it felt like getting any kind of momentum was was uh, uh, really a problem. Um, and, and Jay, you're nodding. Did you have a similar experience? I mean, similarly, like this is my first time, so it, it's still hard for me to sort of uh, uh, reconcile all the different feelings. It was sort of my first time doing full pitches to people. It was all over Zoom, so that was nice because uh, I could have my script scrolling. Uh, someone, I think, on Twitter pointed out that there's a, uh, a website you can go to and put in any text, and it turns it into a teleprompter. And so that was super <laughs> there awesome. Is. There is. I will send you all the link. It is great. Uh, and I totally used it. So that was fun. But then it was, yeah, a lot of sort of like shouting into a hallway. Uh, I, I wrote a pilot this year that I was really happy with and my, my reps were really happy about. And they sent it out and it was just sort of just gone. Uh, hmm. And who knows? And even there, I think even there are like, we think it might be dead, but maybe it's not dead. Who knows what will happen next year? So there was just a lot of that up in the air feeling, I felt. Yeah, yeah. Nicole. You're, you're, yeah, I was going to say, I, I think it's been a it's been weird for me because the only thing I've actually pitched over Zoom, like a full pitch, was um, a feature that sort of found its way to me. And and honestly, my biggest takeaway from it was the utter shock and surprise of the people I was pitching to that I had pitched a whole movie to them. Like. <laughs> They were like, wow, that's that's a whole that you really had a whole. And I was like, what? <laughs> what else everyone else pitching? <laughs> because that's, I mean, they're pitching um, conspiracy theories. <laughs> clearly, clearly. And um, but it was, you know, it was a very different feel for me. I'm I um, have a theater training background. So pitching is actually pretty comfortable for me. And I not having the energy of the people in the room was a little disconcerting. Mm. Um, yeah. 
but, and I'm also a person because again, I'm an old school theater person. Like I print my script. I don't ever use technology. I have printed pages so that if I lose my place, I, my pen is right there to say, that's where you are. <laughs> um, but it, I mean, it went fine and I ended up not getting it because it was a bake off, but, but it was just, it definitely, I missed that lack of energy and having people respond to what you're saying, like where you can feel it, you know, you feel the yeah. excitement. Um, but the other thing that I ended up taking on, I, I think I just got really lucky with the producers that I'm working with because they, we had a meeting over zoom and just sort of talked generalities and, uh, they were like, great. You want, like, when can you write something up for us? And so I've gotten to do it all on the page with them. I haven't had to go back into a, like, let me pitch you the show, um, mode with them. And, and that process has been pretty great. So, um, but yeah, I, you know, I keep having people have the conversation about like, they're never going to want to let us go back to offices and do all that. And I'm like, Oh God, no, I can't, I can't <laughs> spend my life on this computer. I can't do it. <laughs> yeah. I think everyone so, yeah. seems to hate zoom room enough that we'll definitely have writers rooms again. But I do like yeah. the idea of like moving forward in Hollywood, being able to, instead of having to be in Santa Monica at three o'clock in the afternoon saying, Hey, how about a zoom instead? Yeah. Well, yeah, and I, you know, I was a just, viable choice. yeah, I was just talking with a friend of mine who's a, a showrunner that it, it does feel like the good that might come of this is that showrunners will like, if they love a writer who lives in New York and just has a family and can't move out here, that you can, now you know this works. So you mm -hmm. can hire that writer, have them dial in every day, and you understand that they're still going to be able to participate and it'll be great. Or you have writers who have small kids and the kids are sick and they can't come in. They don't have to miss the whole day if they can mm -hmm. log in, you know? it's So I think that may be a good benefit. But yeah, like on a forever basis, God help us all. <laughs> but I don't even yeah. know, I think people, people are so Zoom crazy now that like just getting notes. I don't know why everything has to be a fucking zoom all the time. <laughs> oh. Like now I have to see people give bad notes instead of just the phone. like, why can't you just call me? Like the, like it was fun before. I don't know why yeah. we have to see each other all the time. It, yeah. It, oh, it, I, my so showrunner does my showrunner does zoom notes, but I won't take zoom notes from producers. I just tell them I have to call cause I have to type while I hear their notes. It, it was so it was so Stockholm-y that it got to a point where when someone did say, I'm going to call you, I was like, did I do something wrong? Like, <laughs> you don't you don't want to you don't want to zoom this random pointless conversation for 25 minutes. <laughs> Is everything OK? Am I fired? Like, what's going yeah. on? You know? Yeah. Calls have become like very grave. It's like we don't want to look at your face while we do this. <laughs> Um, I also think I, today I like, I, in the, like not having to go to Santa Monica land, I realized that like, I literally had a, I had a meeting on a movie in like the middle of the day today that I just went to my office and took on zoom. And like, yeah. it, it wasn't like I had to like get someone a cover and like go and have a drive on. And, and it mm -hmm. took up four hours of my day. Like it truly took like 30 minutes. And it nothing, it was like during lunch, it was like the easiest thing. And that's something that it is. I, I do feel like, especially as showrunners, it's like, oh my God, you're in this bubble and you can't do anything else. And I do think it's making it where like these, the life of a writer doesn't have to, to be so draining and it can just, it doesn't have to be 
driving on the 405 at 3 p.m. It could be like a little bit more. And it was that I don't think any it was a great meeting. I don't think anything that happened at that meeting was lost because I I agree. Like I, I, I miss people rooms so much. And, and we had a month in person before the shutdown. And then, so then we were in zoom for, you know, months, but, but like it pitched that meeting, just like kind of hearing what they wanted for a movie and them hearing what I wanted was great on zoom. Like that was great. Writing a season, you can do it, but I not, not ideal. Yeah, I'd, I'd love to hear from some of you who were in rooms or leading rooms um, this year. And like we've, we've talked, you know, I, I think I ran out of pre-recorded podcasts around July. So I've talked to a number of writers uh, in the past few months who have been working in Zoom rooms. But I'm curious to hear about your experiences. Um, I'd say, I think all of you are in rooms that were repeat, right? Like you, you were coming back to rooms. Mm-hmm. Um, so you at least had some foundation already. Yeah, I was not. Oh, I, right? I literally, I joined SWAT because last year I was on a Netflix show that, by the way, and I they'll shoot me if I don't say this, the teaser trailer dropped today. It's called <laughs> Fate the Wink Saga on Netflix. Cool. So nice. please, please check it out. <laughs> um, I was on a show at Netflix and they hadn't made a decision about picking it up or whatever. And I, an opportunity came up for me to go to SWAT. And I was really anxious to go back to broadcast so I could spend some time in post. And um, so I I took the opportunity and I literally went to the office and had my meeting with all the EPs. And then it took a, it took probably about a month for the whole offer thing to get ironed out. And then we were in a pandemic. And so I've literally never been back to the office. I have, I knew half the writing staff, but I've not met the other half in person. Oh my goodness. (laughs) It's crazy. <laughs> I, I wasn't returning. I, I the show that I did for Netflix, the the animated oh, um, right. hybrid, uh, was interesting because I don't think I would have been on staff uh, on the team had it not been for the the pandemic because it was based out of New York, and it was through Netflix and uh, can I say this? Yeah, it was through Netflix and Vox. So it was one of those things where um, the most of the other writers were based out of New York. It was myself. The animation director was in San Francisco and the animation house was in London. So we were on some crazy, cool. you know, 7 a.m. Zooms to, in order to get everybody there. And then we'd go off and do our thing. And then we would touch base, you know, at the end. Of the, so it, it, we were able to do it that way. But I still prefer in person. Like there's no there's no there's nothing like that. Yeah. What do you think was lost by doing it that way? There's I mean, I think it was, it, it became a little more, um, I, I, for lack of a better term, a little more fundamental, a little more falling mm-hmm. back on your like, well, this is the structure. This is what we have yeah. to get from here to here. Let's just, I don't want to be on this fucking thing for the next four hours. So let's just, mm-hmm. let's just bang it out. You know what I mean? Like if yeah. after a certain point it became that, whereas when you're in the room, you, you can kind of, you know, look at your laptop for a little bit while someone else is talking, but you can't really do that here. You have to be like, yes, I'm paying attention. Yes. I'm absolutely here and <laughs> present. You know, you go to the bathroom. So it's just, it was a whole, it's a whole different, I think the, the, somebody posted today about, you know, doing two hour blocks a couple times a day for a room. Mm-hmm. And that, that seems, I wish we had seen that tweet, you know, four months ago, because that seems much more effective. So. Oh, that's what we did. Yeah. That's what we did. And that's it, brilliant. yeah, I think the thing that's, that was lost too, was like the tangents, especially in a comedy room. Like I think fundamentals hits the nail on the head. It was like, we were just, it was very like, we are writing stories and this yeah. is what happens and blah, blah, blah. And it was fun. And I still like, 
And I'm so grateful. I still was laughing all the time because we were still writing something and it was like people I loved. And, but it wasn't as like, you know, it's harder to kind of, but my co-showrunner like loves to, he makes jokes like in concept meetings and stuff. He'll like say something quietly. That's like a bit, but it's like too long after the, like we've moved on no Mm -hmm. one can hear him. Like, you know, it's that kind of stuff that like makes you feel now being on set in person. It's like, Oh, right. Like communicating with people and like, and like having a side conversation and going Mm -hmm. down this road that like, you never know what that leads. And it's a little bit of that on zoom, but there's, there's magic. There's an electricity that like, I know I sound, I, I have a theater background too. And that sounds so like, but it's so magical to be in a room mm-hmm. with people and be making mm-hmm. things. And, and you, it's still, it is possible and, and yeah. it is productive. It's almost, I think in a way more productive, mm-hmm. um, but it's not, it's, I, I think like, and I'm proud of the scripts and I'm proud of the season, but it's just, I, I just like miss that, that feeling that like magic. Sure. Yeah. 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 I mean, absolutely. I found it like, the same sort of thing, more productive in a lot of ways. We also do sort of two hour chunks uh, and take a long lunch. And uh, so it's Where like, were you guys back in July? <laughs> <laughs> Wait, what do you do? Do you just go for four hours? We were there because we, were just, we just kept, we kept talking and we, we kept it on while we were working oftentimes. And I would just be like, what? well, how am I supposed to check the, you know, Mac room? Um, if they can tell that I'm not, you know, and so, but it was, yeah, it was, it was, was this, was this an, an experiment that you were a part of? Or? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Like, yes, exactly. That's just, yeah. We and realized it, like, and the thing is, even when we weren't on the video, we had Slack because of, you know, that's yeah. everyone has Slack now. And so we were constantly from, you know, 10 to six, uh, our time, we were, we were expected to be like a veil. Like we were just here. And just <gasps> yeah. like, that's a so, long day. Yeah. We were 10 to six day. as well. Yeah, we were oh, ten to six as well. I don't know how y'all are doing it. Like immediately, we yeah. were like, "Oh no, we can't do that." Yeah. So we did the shorter <laughs> hours, and it's good in some ways because, like, you know, when you're in the room, uh, or when we were in the room, especially when we were in production at the same time, the showrunner's attention is so split between production and meetings, and they're doing their own development and doing this and that. That like there were definitely days when we were in the room where we just wouldn't get them for like a full day or half a day, you know, that whole racket. But on Zoom, it's like. Yeah. No, they're here. They're right there this whole time, which is great because it got a lot of answers. But it also, you know, once you get like once you're past the blue sky sort of brainstorming stage of an episode and you're into like really breaking scenes, then it gets real. I find it gets really hard because it kind of becomes a conversation between the showrunners and whoever's writing that episode. And when you're in the room, it's easier to sort of pitch in and everyone's writing cards so everyone has sort of a say, mm-hmm. but there it just really becomes a two person conversation between the showrunner and the writer working out like every turn in a scene. Uh, uh-huh. And we've only recently hit upon the idea of like using breakout rooms or having sort of two separate zooms so that you can start people brainstorming the next episode, which again is a little easier. It's not great, but easier over zoom while the showrunners are like really dialing in on the episode before. Hmm. It makes yeah. sense. Um, Tamara, was that your experience also on um, Doom Patrol? Yeah, we do um, slightly different, but shorter hours of, what do we do, like 9.30 to 12.30 and then an hour lunch. And then we go back from 1.30 to 3.30. And um, I find that the, the shorter hours, it's just so hard to focus just to be staring directly ahead at a screen that... Um, 
that uh, I feel like if we had to go through six, nobody, we, we all would have killed each other, even though we're not in the same space <laughs> together, we would have figured out a way to kill each other. <laughs> but that, you know, the one thing, I mean, just in hearing everybody talk about what is lacking or what's missing from the Zoom experience, the thing that I really miss is the, because I totally agree, it's all fundamentals. It's we come to work and we maybe have a few minutes in the morning of, you know, anybody watch anything mm-hmm. good last night or whatever. Mm-hmm. Or like today, our five minutes was I complained about having to buy vegan latkes for Hanukkah, but that's another <laughs> other story. Um, but uh, the thing that I miss is the camaraderie. You know, mm-hmm. like the you're walking to the bathroom, or you're going to get snacks and someone else is there and you just start talking yeah. about something else. Or yeah. if you have like a little, you know, like you bump heads with someone, you have a minute outside to go, hey, are we cool? Or, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. Or just to say, yeah. you know, I heard I heard what you were saying and, you know, maybe there's another way, whatever. But just mm-hmm. like those little moments that you have with people that build these relationships and that. Yeah. With the Zoom, I mean, with the Doom, we've all kind of been together <laughs> for a few years. So we know each other. But, you know, there's a few new people, too. And so I can't imagine what that experience is like just coming into this room with all these other people that mm-hmm. know each other because yeah. there's nothing going on yeah. outside. Yeah, it's really difficult because I, I was literally the only new person on my show. And so yeah. they've all been together for a while. Um, and again, I was lucky because I knew half the people from the CBS writing program and other you know affiliations. I would say on top of the camaraderie, because I agree, it's just it's hard to build the same kind of relationship. Like mm-hmm. you can try to make time to talk on the phone with each other or do whatever, but it's not the same as like, Hey, I have 15 minutes. I'll just wander in your office and see what you're up to. You know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Um, and also I feel like the mentorship, like I'm a person who really likes to engage with the lower level writers and be a resource to them and help them out. And, and, you know, when you're around people will like poke their head in and like, Hey, actually, can I ask you a question? Here, like yeah. you can say you're available, but then people don't want to bug you. And, you mm-hmm. know, so it's been a little like, no, no, really, I'm available. Like, bug me. It's okay. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Every yeah, interaction feels a little more, a bit more formal. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And that's why it's like, it's, I say more productive, but I'm doing air quotes. Um, it's more productive in that it's like, um, sorry, I thought I'm not on really the phone. Like we'd never know if we were on the phone right now. Uh, you'd never know. <laughs> thank God, um, we thank God we're on a Zoom. Um, but like, because you just like get it done, but it does feel very like, there's so, we're writing, right? We're not doing like brain surgery. We're not, we're, we're telling stories. And, and I think productive is kind of, um, you know, a subjective, like, yes, sure. It's like work, 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 but there's so much magic that comes out of the, that camaraderie and that mentorship and those side mm-hmm. conversations that I, I way in the beginning, I like was talking to friends of mine who were execs and I was like, we can't, this can't be the norm. Like it's, it won't work. And they were like, mm-hmm. no, 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 we got it. And I'm like, no, but in eight months, like, please, please remember. Um, but it's funny um, what you were saying about the, what's more productive. I found that blue skying on zoom was harder than because we do but like I I guess it's just process because what we do is we like um and we do this when we're in person too we share the screen and like I'm on the keys and we just all kind of pitch on like Mm -hmm. the writer's draft and that zoom was like made for that that's Mm -hmm. like great for zoom because you're all looking at the same screen you're all like, you know, everyone can just, you can, my cursor's here. I'm like, we need to punch up for this and like pitch, 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 pitch. And then the blue sky is a little bit like, you know, it's what we were saying. It's like our, even if you have breaks, it's our three. And it's just like, how does this character get from this to this? And there's no like 
you're just staring at each other (laughs) and it's just like, you know, and there's like, and it, it, again, I'm really proud of the season we made, but I found like technically the, the being in a script when we got there, Mm -hmm. I was like, I exhaled every time. And I was like, okay, good. We're like, you know, we can do this. And, And we, we did it, but it's just, it's harder to just stare at people's faces and be like, what happens? (laughs) (laughs) which i guess you do in a regular room too but there's something about zoo and and we did it but it's just a different like you know because it's also no one sorry i'll shut up i'm literally about to make a point that when someone needs to talk you can't just kind of talk like it's like so i found leading a room it's like i'd be like talk 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 and i'd it's like you know it's it's harder to just jump in so I would have to like give a silence and wait like one, two, three, because, because it's not normal. Zoom silence doesn't equal normal silence. So it's just, it was just like a recalibration, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. You don't get that popcorn thing. Four hours. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You don't get that. Like everyone yes. on top of each other or ideas are building. It really is sort of like, because this is, I mean, listen, it's a, a format designed for like webinars and yes. meetings yeah. where one person is speaking while everyone else is quiet or scrolling through Twitter yes. or whatever they're doing on their screen that we can't see. So, you know, yeah, it's or, not really designed uh, Reunions for of beloved 90s films. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. yeah. 80s films. TV shows. <laughs> By the way, and what you were saying about the, like, you can't, you know, just staring at people, like what happens. When you're in a bad break on a Zoom room, it's torture because mm-hmm. you're like, you just want to be in a room so you can spin your chair, or do something like <laughs> yeah. so you can look away. And instead you're just there and you're looking at the poor writer who's struggling and you're just like, I have literally pitched everything I can think of. I'm so sorry. I can't get you out of this. And like, <laughs> it's yeah. terrible. There's nowhere to go. You're just like, nice. <laughs> yeah. like an uh, odd the odd compulsion to stay in your chair at all times. Like right. nobody ever leaves to go to the bathroom until the designated bathroom. Room. Really? Nobody leaves to get oh, snacks. really? Oh my oh, god! Yeah. Oh no! Oh my we god! We got over we that are... in like week one. We were like, we were oh yeah, people are like getting Postmates and doing puzzles yeah. and like. We are a huge BRB room, and I even went to the point like I haven't I haven't fully embraced it, but I'm also like we're goddamn adults. I yeah. can just turn off my camera and walk away. I don't. I don't have to give you an explanation. If I were yeah. in the room, I would just get up and leave. Yeah. So yeah like get up, leave, <laughs> turn your camera off. Like I don't need people to see me puttering around my house while I'm doing shit, but you know, wow. I always feel, I always feel like it look, like it just kind of looks like this. Like you're just kind of like, <laughs> <laughs> you know, like, like it just feels awkward. Cause you're like so, there's, there's only, there's not a whole room. There's just like, right. you know, little windows. <laughs> yeah, it was like, don't no, just, just be, be cool. Be cool. Okay. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> exactly but what i i also get myself in trouble because i'll turn off like especially when we're in those breaks where i'm not really super involved or whatever i'll turn off my camera and go do something and then come back and sit down and be there for like three minutes and realize oh shit i didn't turn my camera back on no one knows i've been here for three minutes they think i've been gone for half an hour that's good to know because sometimes writers would do that and i'd be like oh my god they're gone like what did i say like what what do we do that's and like, like they're there, they just didn't turn their camera they just, just forgot. I'm like, oops. No, you have to when you do that. That's when I like have to jump in and think of anything to say that's related <laughs> to what they're like. Sorry, guys, I was just I but on that last point that you said for the past three minutes, here's what I think of that. But it, yeah, it really is a a like 
we're finding a new way to communicate in so many ways, and mm-hmm. that's spilling over into the writer's room experience. Um, and and I'm curious to hear, like, what's what's great about it is we can still do this. We can still have a writer's room. Like, there, you know, five years ago, this would not have happened. Yeah. Um, although five years ago, this would not have happened. <laughs> <laughs> but like for those Fair of point. us who were not in rooms this year, like I work with a partner at least and um, can like we can get on a call or, or you know, sit on opposite sides of my yard and yell ideas at each other. <laughs> um, but like, Andrew, you were working on scripts this year on your own uh, for the most part, I think. Right. Like. He went crazy. Like, tell us a little bit about that. And I kind of want to hear from everyone else who was working on new scripts this year. I don't know. I, 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 I feel like I spent so much. I love the room. And then I also like being by myself. So it really wasn't, it didn't feel that, that different to me. It felt weird that my family was around more, but it didn't, uh, other than that, it, it was, yeah, I did. I, I, did, I didn't have this room experience, so I, I think I would hate it. And I feel like my I love the room so much. Like I like you guys. The the interaction part is the best part. Like it's the funnest place. So, yeah. my friends who were in the who started Zoom rooms and were like, "This is amazing." I was like, like waiting, like how many until like how long is yeah. this going to last? And then invariably, yeah. every one of them was like, "All right." That's, that's <laughs> but I know someone who was doing a room where they're, all their cameras are off. Like it's just, mm. it, it, which seems That's a phone the call. strangest thing to me, but they're, they're in a That's room. That's a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> but I was like, do you, do you know who's taught? Like, do you, what are people doing when they're not like, yeah. like there's not even a nod. Like you get nothing. Yeah. I would be as the showrunner. I, I gotta say, like I live for nods. Like if you're please, yeah. like nod and smile and like, like one of the writers took to saying, I'd be like, all right, are we ready to jump in? And there'd be silence because like it's weird on Zoom. So one of the writers, she was the resident. Hell yeah! Like I live for like, <laughs> like just like and like signs of life. Because again, you can be paying full attention and be in it, but there's it's like hard for people to know. So like I don't know how that showrunner does it because like a nod or a, even a laugh on you or you know and and again if you're if you need your camera off that's totally fine but then even just like a like a chime in like a, a whole room a whole zoom no this uh, is all day they like that's they insane to, they say hi at the beginning of the day and then it's that's it even now you said that and everybody nodded like more vigorously yeah and i yeah. loved it i felt so validated <laughs> that seems so weird i can't yeah. imagine yeah the reactions or all the filters yeah. big on the chats mm-hmm. though also be warned that uh all of the chats are saved if someone's mm-hmm. recording so <laughs> even your side chats are saved and can be read later just uh put private it ones there yeah yes <gasps> yes <laughs> <So>. <laughs> oh yeah just, just FYI uh <laughs> I mean, I was like, we started, so like I said, I was on, on season six, we started early for a lot of schedule reasons. Uh, and so we were in the room, uh, we were physically in a room in February, then the shutdown happened. And then we were on zoom from March until right after, right around Memorial day. So like three months or so, and then we were off for the next four months. So then, yeah, it was just me 
in my room, working in my my apartment, working on scripts, uh, working on this pilot. And it's, I don't know, like that was sort of nice because it was all my own schedule and my own time. You know, I was lucky enough, you know, that like I had had a job, so there was money and like I wasn't, you know, starving and freaking out. But it was, yeah, nice to just sort of like write when I wanted to write and not write when I mm. wanted to write and sort of not have those and build whatever schedule uh, I wanted and not have to, yeah, worry about also other people at all, which was lovely for a while. <laughs> well, let's let's talk about um, productivity in a pandemic, because <laughs> I know, like, especially early on, there was a lot of talk on, uh, you know, TV writer Twitter about, like, relax, you do not have to churn out six pilots and five features do what feels right to you. And I think that is great advice. Um, that said, I'm a psychopath. I love working. <laughs> um, and I expect other people to be like, if I'm going to write two features this year, I expect my agent to go out and sell those features, you know? Mm -hmm. um, but let's talk about the, the writing part of it first. Like, just in general, how was that for all of you? How did you find the time? What was your focus like? Um, did you get anything done between October like 5th and November 10th? Oh, no. <laughs> no, no I, 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 actually, I actually sent emails to three or, three or the four um, development producers that I'm with right now. And I was like, listen. I'm not here until the election is. I'm sorry. Like, I'm just, I'm not, I'm, it's impossible for me to move forward in anything right now. Give me three weeks, maybe more. It ended up being like four and a half. <laughs> and, and, and then like, I'm back on track and I literally set the meetings. Like once they announced it, I was like, yep, you guys ready? Let's do this. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. <laughs> um, but no, uh, October... have, they, have they announced? Is it over? <laughs> is, is it over? <laughs> Wait, I think Biden for won Georgia again time. today. <laughs> um, yeah. As far as the productivity goes, and and Ben, do this since we're 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 friends. Um, you know this. Like, I I had a I had a pretty bad back uh, injury last year, and I, I ruptured a bunch of discs, and my 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 spine actually got stuck in the wrong position, and so it was a very rough time. Two months after I had I had quit smoking, and and then the pandemic hit. So from from like November to like to like April, it, it was like dark. Times I was like, this is what like I can't walk. I I I, I oh. gained twenty pounds, and the world is ending, and Trump is pre so. It was. I'm so happy and lucky, even though we are still in the middle of this global like hellhole. That the second half of it kind of did literally do mm. 180 for me personally, mm. and so. Mm. So it's nice to be able to have this half of the year versus no joke. Like I couldn't get out of bed for almost a month, mm. and then the pandemic happened, so I couldn't leave the house, and so right. it was just like what's going on. So I was really happy and, 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 and super, super like, okay with being able to sit here and write, you know, on, <laughs> yeah. my, on my own schedule. But, but even in, even in that time, I mean, you were, there were expectations of you to deliver scripts and, and pages for pitches and stuff. Like, we, um, were you able to get that done? You know, it's, it, it's funny. I, I don't think I've told the story to anyone, but I, I had a, I had a, a, a meeting um, at, at, at a studio and in the middle of my back problem. And, you know, a lot of my friends are always like, don't be an idiot. Don't be a hero. You know, I want a hero, but like, I'm stupid. And so I, um, <laughs> much to my, much to my friend's uh, annoyance, I, I tried to get in my car, um, you know, and I tried, like, I, I tried, I, I got in the car and I, I shit you not. I, ha I have the, I get in the car. I'm like, I can't move my legs because my back is out of whack. And I kind of just like 
I'm grabbing one leg and I'm like trying to put it in the car and then grabbing the other one. I'm on the verge of tears at 7.30 in the morning, but I hadn't, it was my first, you know, big, like they were interested in buying it, blah, blah, blah. And I'm sitting there and my phone rings and it's, it's my manager. And he goes, Hey, listen, they want to push. And I was like, oh, okay, that's totally fine. They can oh push to whenever they want. And like, oh, and so, oh so it, it, it yeah, it, it definitely was, it was a challenge, but then once I got better, I think I was able to focus on, on the positives, AKA walking um, and, right. and, you know, take it to the next level in that regard. That's the most writerly story I mean, yeah. ever, yeah. like in a nutshell, like yeah. we will, we're like, cannot move yeah. from the waist down, but if someone is interested in our stuff, we never feel like we can say, you know, wait till I feel better. We have to go. Right. Yeah. No, I like that our faces were all like, oh my God. But we were all like, I'd do it. I would do it. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, I, for me, it was such a weird thing because all my friends were adjusting to suddenly working from home. And I had wrapped on my last show in October and I had intentionally decided I was going to take a few months and just work on development and write some new stuff. So I was excited about joining a new show and getting ready to go back to an office because I was sort of tired of oh. being at home. And then it was yes. like, surprise. <laughs> uh, nope. Ooh, you're not leaving the house. Um, but I, it's so funny because I saw all those conversations about, you know, I just feel like I can't write anything, whatever, but I was on pilot deadlines. So I, I was just like, Oh, well, and like sort of, and work is, I am a workaholic and it keeps me sane. So it was keeping me pretty grounded for a while. Mm -hmm. And then I literally hit a point where I was um, rewriting an episode, my first episode of my show, I was um, breaking the second episode that I was going to be writing and I had to write the series format document for my pilot. And oh I gosh. literally just locked up. Like I was just like, I can't, I can't, I can't do anything. So I never for like, this is sort of my work zoom area. When I zoom with my friends, I sit on my couch and um, I logged into Zoom on the show one day and I was on my couch and my my showrunner immediately was like, are you okay? Why are you on the couch? And I was like, I was like, I don't feel good, but we just have to do this. So let's do it. Oh, wow. <laughs> and then, you know, we broke it and I rebounded and everything was fine. But it was like all of like everyone else had been home like four months and I had been home eight months. And it was mm -hmm. <laughs> sort of like, it was a lot. It's been a lot. I, I will be very excited to be able to go work somewhere that is not my house. <laughs> <laughs> I work writing for me this year was absolutely an escape. Um, I mean, okay. The, the, this next part is going to sound is really depressing. So uh, in February, my walk? dad died. I could oh. walk. No, I can't beat Carlos, but in February, <laughs> my dad died. Uh, oh, I'm sorry. after a long illness and then my stepmom died in August oh. um, and there was a bunch of attendant sort of like family drama in oh the midst God. of a pandemic and like a couple of friends of mine died in the pandemic it was like bad oh so like God. writing was like the one thing that was keeping me going like trying to get through this pilot uh, and 
in very sort of me way. So you know how I said Supergirl was the only thing I did? That was a lie. Uh, that was just a bald-faced <laughs> lie. Because um, I was working on I had a, a freelance side project, not TV-related, but also writing. Uh, I wrote, like, a play and a half, and I worked on, like, a found of text theater project and it was like at the beginning of the summer you know like at the beginning of the year I knew I was going to have a long break that was already planned in sort of our schedule this year because we hadn't taken a hiatus in a while and I had all of these very very elaborate plans my whole room we had all of these elaborate <laughs> plans for the four month summer off that we were going to get oh. uh, and then all of that was canceled and so all the shows I was going to go I bought like season tickets to the bowl, like good season. Oh, tickets to the bowl. No. It was terrible. So all that was like off the table. And I was like, I've got four months of nothing. So anytime anyone called me up and said, do you want to do a thing? I was like, yes. And so like it would, but that was kind of what was just keeping me together and keeping me yeah. sort of focused uh, pretty much until the election. And then like the election happened and then the immediate aftermath. But that Saturday after Biden won, I like, I'm going to be honest, I like kind of like an emotional breakdown and like sort of the entire year came pouring out of me. And honestly, yeah. I have not yeah. been nearly as productive since. <laughs> and like, I've got a bunch of deadlines and I'm trying to make them all, but it is, I posted mm -hmm. it because I also had some other like, emotional crap happened this while but that video of the uh sorority girl who is forced to do whatever like dance and is crying have you ever seen this video it's great it's this it's the sorority girl who for some like reason sorority reason had to film herself doing this choreographed dance but she's obviously having the worst day of her life and doesn't want to do it and she's oh crying her way through it like <laughs> that's been me since like early november <laughs> it's like i'm just gonna get through i got a month off at the end of december uh we're like oh. production and everything we're just like taking that long hiatus till january and i'm like and that's right now all i'm looking for yeah it's been by the way jay can we point out how good a wingman i am because when you said all i did this year was work on supergirl did you see how i didn't say a word i know i, I appreciate knew, that, i knew Nicole. it was a lie i knew it was a lie <laughs> didn't even not even a wink not even a not even a frown passing her face that was just, like, let my, me lie to all of you yeah because in my brain i was like you wrote like seven things what are you talking about but i was like okay keeping it yeah. quiet yeah i was the I mean, opposite yeah tell me yeah. so writer twitter there were two camps of writer twitter and so there were people like jay that were like and nicole that like writing is my happy place this is how i'm getting through it and then there was the other half which i was in which was like <laughs> because like half of my brain for months when it started was all i could think about was did i put enough lysol on the apple that i ate for lunch you know what i mean <laughs> i could get nothing I mean, nothing, I really, really struggled and I was just scared all the time. Yeah. And then eventually though, like the obligations catch up with you and you just have to do stuff. But the thing that I really took a lot of comfort from were when people were saying on writer Twitter, like, this is not free time, you know, this is shit's happening and do whatever you need to do to, to feel okay. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, so was it, um, was it embracing that, that, I mean, you had expectations of you, you had deadlines and, you know, you were, you were selling things, you were in a room, like, how did you get back into the creative mode? By honestly, by allowing myself to just, if I was having, because 
in the beginning of the lockdown, emotionally, I was all over the map. And I never knew from one minute to the next if I was going to feel angry or if I was going to start crying or, I mean, it was like really, you know, I felt like a psychopath, you know? Mm -hmm. And so just really like, if I couldn't get anything going there, I didn't force myself to buckle down and make it happen because I Mm -hmm. owed it to somebody. I, I just had to trust that everyone was going to be really forgiving. And if I was going to needed to be late or I needed more time on something just to call and say, I need more time, you know, this is going on or whatever. And, you know, people were, we're cool. I don't understand not being cool. You have, mm-hmm. you, you simply must like it. This was the most turbulent year in so many ways. Like you, I would give writers a week and it'd be like, but, but take whatever you need. Like, this is not so much was happening. And I just wanted to make sure that everybody was, cause like I was the same way. It was a really hard March, April, May, like it was tough. And mm-hmm. I knew that the the having a place to go and boxes to stare at was a, an escape in such a in such a great way. But I really wanted nobody to feel obligated and everybody to feel like they were, you know, taken care of and that if they needed to just like take a day, they could take a day. Like we are not, we're, we're luckily not on the front lines here. We're making television and it's okay. And and I'm so grateful for those on the front lines, but like we can, I, I, I just like mental health, my God, it's so important. Mm-hmm. And I just like, don't understand anybody who like on any level who is, who was cracking the whip in any way of like, you know, this must be do like what? Like this is an unprecedented, horrible time. Yeah. You know, we have to yeah. all just breathe and forgive each other. And I do think in a in a good way, I saw sort of humanity. I, I feel like mostly in my end, I, I saw people really embracing that and mm-hmm. and I'm, you know, and and being being very open and amen. I, I I get very though, like I feel so icky when I hear stories about people not because I think like that's what it really that, that you you hear about it in so many ways that this pandemic really showed you kind of like who people are. Mm-hmm. Um yeah. and I think seeing people um I don't know, it's just like how can you not this is it. Like this is like we have to take care of ourselves and each other and that's literally all we have. Um mm-hmm. And I just yeah. like I I I'm I hope that all of you are are doing that and, and and in rooms that do that because like my God, yeah, yeah, yeah totally, yeah. How did especially you- because it was the cumulative effect, right? Like first yeah. it's like oh, like first of all we've been living under idiocy for you know three years, and then it's like oh now there's a pandemic, and then like literally the world's on fire because. Most of America woke up to the problem of police brutality. And it was like, yeah. like we were having all of our COVID conversations <sighs> at SWAT. And then we woke up and went, what just happened? And so then the whole conversation had to uh-huh. switch to how do you write cops mm-hmm. in the world now? And like, but then we still had to deal with COVID. And so like, just on a work front, it was so constant. And by the way, I'm writing a pilot about the civil rights movement. So I hit a point where I was like, I literally can't get away from it. For one second. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, it was it was so important for people to just be human beings. And yeah. and I, I I like I hope everyone rats out people who were not human beings during this mm-hmm. so we can all not work yeah. with them. Yeah. yeah. I think there's something so nice about like see I know it's weird to I mean I'm not home now, but like seeing people's homes and like being in with them does remind you that we're all human beings. Mm-hmm. And like even something as simple as like 
you know, someone's kid, like I met everyone's kids and it was, you know, and, and like my roommate would like come in with a smoothie and like say hi to everyone. And like, we're full human beings. And, and I think sometimes when we're in a room and we're done it, like we, we forget that. So a positive of zoom for me was honestly kind of just like in a not creepy way, like being in everyone's homes and like mm-hmm. being a family together, you know, I was just the first time I pitched to Sean Ryan, um, my bulldog just started barking in the middle of my pitch and she will not stop. And so I was just like, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. And he was like, I have one. I know. And it was like, Oh, thank God. Yeah. <laughs> Cause yeah. what are you going to do? Like, yeah. I felt like there was a measure of understanding because like, this was, this was all terrible. Everything was terrible, <laughs> yes. but it was sort of, it's probably the first time in American history where kind of literally everyone was kind of dealing with the exact same thing at the same time. And we were all sort of processing it. So I felt like there was a sort of, especially earlier on in, in the sort of lockdown and the pandemic, there was a kind of understanding of like, everyone is freaked out. If mm. someone says that they can't do a thing, it's, or that they need some time, it's because they're sitting on their floor and they're crying. And we all know that's what they're yeah. doing. And no, there's no judgment in that. You're in people's homes. They've got kids. Everyone, like, I am I definitely count my lucky stars that, like, I'm a single person living alone. So I didn't have to deal. I'm not trying to, like, raise three kids or deal oh. with a dog or deal with anything else. Like, it's whatever. So it's like, I think I felt like we all tried to be as understanding of everyone yeah. else's and everyone else just coming to the room someday and being like, yeah, no, I can't. I can't do a thing today. It was, it was also bad. Like I said, March, April, May, but like June, July, August, like it was all it was all bad. bad. <laughs> yeah. Like the whole year God, bad. the whole year was bad. Just gone. Just gone. In the whole year. so many yep. ways. Yep. Oh my God. I'm oh with my Carlos. God. I didn't all feel the like my stomach mm-hmm. stopped hurting in November after the yeah. election. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. I mean, the last three weeks have been just about as terrible, but it's almost we're, we're almost there. December 14th, right? <laughs> December 14th. There's no month you can say that there's not a bad thing associated with it. January 22nd. That, that January be, 22nd. Yes. January 22nd. But I feel like people, we, we keep saying those dates and they, it's a, the, the goal line moves every time. <laughs> every time. April, <laughs> April of 2022. Trust me. That's where it's at. I guarantee you. You're going to love the way you feel. Uh-huh. Do you think that, I mean, we talked a little bit about, um, you know, we all want to go back to in-person rooms. We all want to go back to in-person pitches for the most part. Um, Do you think that this year will have lasting effects on the television industry, um, either in the way things are done, either in the process or creatively? I, I think in terms of the process, yeah, I think there will be things that are different. I mean, obviously, uh, along with all the pandemic and all the sort of changes, there were uh, there were a bunch of sort of shifts and changes and downsizing and layoffs and, you know, lots of people moving around at corporations and plus all of the social justice sort of initiatives and efforts. And we'll see how many of those carry forward. But I think, yeah, I think, you know, there, there will be some sort of behind the scenes changes 
while Zoom rooms may not be standard, it may be more standard. Yeah, to start your room with a couple of weeks of Zoom as people are coming in, um, which is good that, you know, it'll be easier to get people who are or get started with people who are in uh, uh, other places. You know, it won't necessarily be the way that it used to be where it's like if you're in New York and you get staff on a show, you have to get on a plane and be right there. Mm-hmm. You can Zoom for a little bit and move in a more reasonable way. Um, so I think all of those things will probably still be the same, some Zoom meetings, but creatively, honestly, I have no idea. I really have no yeah. idea. We were talking about it at work today and talking about, you know, the shows that are dealing with the pandemic and dealing with COVID right now and wondering, like, are, is that what people want? Are we just going to, after this year, kind of pretend this year never happened? I don't know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, let's let's talk about the creative aspect because i'm sure like all of us you would watch something on tv that was obviously produced before the pandemic and you'd see people in groups and you'd freak out right? <laughs> yeah. i loved moment. it i still love it <laughs> it's, it's still weird right yeah yeah every time um, someone blows out candles on a birthday cake ha, on a television absolutely. show i'm like oh god don't eat it now. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so, like, I wonder about those kinds of little things that are just going to creep into our lives and then be reflected in the stuff we make. Um, mm-hmm. I also wonder about the bigger things. Like, uh, on SWAT, you have to deal with cops. You know, like, Alana, you're writing about government in a way. <laughs> you're writing about culture in a way. No, um, yeah. Like, these are all, like, we're we're writing about big things, and I think that move has come... Yeah. In, in the past few years, especially, like we want to tackle bigger ideas, even while we're writing more personal uh, stories. Mm-hmm. How is that going to be reflected in the TV we make? I, I will say, I mean, we've we're pretty in it at SWAT. I mean, if you saw our yeah. premiere, it's it's pretty <laughs> we are head on into what to, uh, for those of us who haven't. Um, and I'm not our, naming names. Yes. Um, our season premiere basically like starts in a post George Floyd protest and flashes back to the riots in Los Angeles oh. and oh. culminates in our, it, you know, the arc of the show is our black police officer who lives through the riots, trying mm. to come to terms with how things still are between the city and the police and mm. Ends with our hero taking a knee in front of a George Floyd, uh, Breonna Taylor. Um, sorry, I'm going to be a t- terrible person who can't remember all the amazing mural work that our art department did, but in front of a memorial and mm-hmm. takes a knee. And, yeah. um, you know, a, a lot went into that. Um, but I think we all felt really proud of it. And we were, I think, uniquely positioned to do something yeah. like that because we are already telling the story of a black man who chose to join the police department because he wanted his neighborhood to be different. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think, you know, as someone who who made her bones in this business writing cop shows, um, I'm not sure I could have written a different cop show this year because you know, it's something I've always been keenly aware of. And now, especially like, you know, I just had a conversation with someone about like, I think the problem is we swung so hard into this cops are perfect heroes thing. Either they're, um, you know, Michael Chiklis on the shield or they're perfect heroes. And I was like, when really they're like Andy Sipowitz, they're Mm -hmm. like (laughs) decent men who do the job really well, who occasionally say terrible things. 
And that's really more reflective of who these people are. And we swung so hard away from that. And it's sort of like, how do we, how do we tell honest stories about the men and women Mm -hmm. who do this job? And I say that as someone who worked in law enforcement and has family in it, like, you know, they're not, not everybody's great, but there are a lot of great people who do it. And how do you find that balance? And I feel like that's something we're, it's going to take more than one season to figure out is how Mm -hmm. to tell those stories. Um, And just really quickly in terms of the changes that might stick, I know that our crew members would love for the shorter days to stick. (laughs) 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 The crew working at uh, French hours uh, sort of day is definitely (laughs) a popular change. (laughs) You're you're proving it can be done. So why not do it? Exactly. Exactly. Are you guys having to change the length of your script? I mean, are you finding that you're able to shoot? the same amount in, in, within these days, or are you writing shorter scripts to accommodate the. We, we don't, we, I mean, I was, our scripts are fairly, fairly compact anyway, because the set pieces are so big. So we have uh, to save time. So it really hasn't affected us, but I'm sure other shows are wrestling with that. We don't do French hours. <laughs> um, I, I not, not every show, like when we, cause we started up later than SWAT, um, and it's not no longer like a union requirement. Also, my show is so not SWAT. It's so small and like, it's just people. And we, we have a thing where we have, um, a core background of like 35, 40 kids that oh, they, smart. they're in the middle school. They're in the high school. They're like literally everywhere. And like, I don't care. You're going to watch 201 and be like, wait, that person is in two <laughs> places on the same. It doesn't matter. It's like, and that's what we have. And they get tested as often as the actors. And mm-hmm. like, so I think that I'm, I feel lucky that our show is so like, it, it's, you know, we have like no set pieces. We we're not going on location once this season. Um, I mean, we go to like the parking lot next door or, you know, stuff like mm-hmm. that, but like we, we truly, so, um, so we did not have to change the length of our scripts, but that's also cause it's a totally different show if it was SWAT and, or if it was something with, you know, huge and, and the core background I think helps tremendously. And and you have to kind of, as an artist, not like, I can't imagine caring about that. Like, I can't imagine being like, wait a second, that person was in Elena school and Bobby school. <laughs> and the, like, I, I cannot imagine. And I think that as a producer and as a showrunner, um, our line producer says all the time, like, I don't know how I would be doing this with showrunners who were like, you know, digging their heels in the sand and, and cared so much. Like you have it, you just want to tell good stories, right? You know, and maybe it's from coming from a theater background or just, I don't know. It, it I, I can't imagine caring that much about like, <laughs> like, and I love it too. Like there was a scene, sorry, I'll shut up. I, I, this is what I do in the room. I just talk and talk. Um, but there was a scene where it was like, we had to build another set for like the principal's office or something. And and they always like come up to me like, oh my God, like, hey, okay. So we, you know, we can't really build like, da, da, da. like all these production things, like they, you, they're so scared. And I'm like, what, what do we need to do? And I, we like moved it to a set we already had. And the joke became funnier because she was stopping the vice principal from going to the bathroom. So then we had like the game of the scene was he had to pee. And it's like, I <laughs> am a firm believer, which like hilarious. I'm a believer <laughs> that like those kinds of production restraints, and that's not really a COVID one, but like kind of, cause like we, yep. we, that, that set was, 
in the office that we had last season that we couldn't, you know, go back to. It, I love those those problems. I get like excited, mm-hmm. like I get like twinkly and like, what can we do and how can we make it better? And oh, we we need to cut the amount of of actors in this. Like, great. Like, I love it, and I think that this is where. I, I I don't I honestly can't imagine caring, but I also can't imagine like disliking it. Like I love when the line <laughs> producer is like, we need to talk. And I'm like, let's do it. And I'm directing <laughs> this season. I'm about to start prep on my episode. And like it's I'm seeing as a director, like I, again, I just can't imagine caring about anything besides telling the story and and you know, nurturing your characters. And that's you can do that with 40 background and you can do mm-hmm. that with 10 hour date. You can do it, you know? Yeah. Yep. Yeah, Lana, but, I love a pee joke. Don't ever yep. diminish. Oh, okay. <laughs> Solid goal. It, it yeah. came out hilarious. I'm very excited. Your nice. episode seven came out hilarious. hilarious. <laughs> oh, you're in for a treat. Hey, yo. Uh, oh, man. We are definitely doing smaller, shorter ben episodes. Ben left. Oh, <laughs> ben, no. That was it. That was the Scared end of the day. <laughs> Uh, we definitely have had to pull back. Like we had an episode. I, I, I'm trying to see if run it through my bread to see if any of this is spoilery. But like we had an episode where there was a uh, going to be a climax at an opera house, and that was like, nope, that can't happen anymore. Mm-hmm. We're yeah. not going to have an opera house full of people, uh, and we're up in Vancouver, so we are doing the shorter hours. So like last year. Uh, we did have a tendency to have sort of a larger script. So last year we were bringing in scripts that were like 55, 56 pages, uh, 52 pages going into shooting. And now all of our shooting scripts have to be like 46, 45, 46, just because, yeah, there isn't, there isn't going to be the time. Um, We're just, it's just all taking a lot longer and we're doing longer shoots. Uh, And we have had to, you know, rethink things for, for COVID and rethink, you know, uh, we do a lot of fighting. um, And so a lot of that Mm -hmm. had to be, has to be adjusted and, and sort of rethought, you know, and that's just the name of the game. Like I, I, I'm with Alana in that same way of like, I love, uh, I love those challenges. You know, um, this is the second year. God, this is the second year in a row where I've attempted this. This is the more successful one to get the bottle episode. Uh, (laughs) and, and I just love that. I love like, okay, how do we keep people on our sets and tell a fun story and keep people sort of in, in, uh, uh, in place. Um, so that's all great, but, Overall, yeah, we've had to shift a lot. Today's bottle episode was in an opera house, which (laughs) (laughs) I thought we had an opera house sketch. I just thought that was like part of what we had. Uh, Who knew? (laughs) There was a show that I was I was um, just so excited to 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 be on on staff for, and you know, I had a bunch of interviews and everything was going great, and I got the old you know text be like, "You're you're you're, we're in good shape as long as we we officially go." And the show had hundreds of people in a bunch of different scenes, you know, and I knew I knew that as soon as they were like, "We're gonna wait a month," I was like, "This show's never happening." And then after another month, another month, and it's it's dead. And you know, I mean, offline we can talk about it, but like, it's just it's a bummer because it would have been great. Yeah. It would have been a hit and it would have been a, a yeah. phenomenal show, but it'll never get made at least until game of and then, Thrones. And then no, they won't want to make it. <laughs> <laughs> until what? Game of Thrones. That was the <laughs> <one>. <laughs> That's all CG. No, yeah. That's all CG you, dragons. I've never seen it. <laughs> but you have to think about like what shows, because when I watch TV now, it's like, oh, thank God that was made when it was made and mm-hmm. not like that. Like Game of Thrones, if they were pitching it in 2020, it would have never gotten made, you know? Mm-hmm. And you have yeah. to like think about stuff like that. And that's, it's kind well, of, guess, it's, yeah. 
I guess Lord I of the Rings that. is I filming in New Zealand, right? But like this, but they like are. But New, New Zealand, I so I zoomed with them because we have the same manager, and um, it was before COVID, and I was like, I was like, okay, how do you shoot in COVID? And I quickly realized New Zealand is a perfect place, and it's <laughs> completely different. And they were like, we had one case today, and like all of New Zealand, and I was like. <laughs> I was like, oh, okay. I mean, luckily our show is in Lord of the Rings, but like they were so nice. And I was yeah. like, we are in, comp- we are on different planets basically. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They keep sending those videos from Australia and from New Zealand. People you oh, know, just God. like going, you know, to the mall <sighs> and like walking around. <sighs> and it's just like, oh my God. I'm yeah. Kissing strangers yeah. on the street for no reason. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Could you just, imagine? Yeah. Yeah, just I have friends in New Zealand. I, they're like going to Christmas concerts yeah. and like, do, and I'm just like, what? Yep. I'm so jealous. Oh, God. What happens when you have female competent leadership? <sighs> like we right? should have. Like, whatever. Right? Watch yeah. Diary of a Future President on Disney Plus. <laughs> it is time for the plugs. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> um, watch everybody's shows. Follow everyone on Twitter. Um, what was the stuff? Uh, I don't know about you all, but I watched a lot of television. Um, I actually found myself watching a lot more movies than television because I wanted to, like, complete something. Yeah. Um, which is why I also did a lot of cooking. But um, <laughs> what was the stuff that you loved this year that you want to recommend to people um, that, you know, spoke to you and helped you through? For me, it was all the super soft content. Uh, yeah. your Shit's Creek, your Ted yeah. Lasso. Yeah. Uh, I just watched We Are the Champions last mm-hmm. yesterday. Watched the entire series in one night. <laughs> it just joy, joy, joy. Yeah. Uh, Wayne on Amazon, which is not super soft because it's crazily violent, but it's a yeah. lot, a lot, it's a lot soft. of fun. No, but it's still it's got a heart. But it is yeah, it's, it's really amazing. a lot of fun. Uh, and I think the hour-long stuff that I discovered, I, I watched a lot of half-hour stuff this year. Hmm. Uh, of the hour-long stuff that probably meant the most to me was 12 Monkeys. Uh, Finally. I know, I know. But that was a that was a real delight, too. And, like, I really enjoyed that. It's a good show, yeah. Yeah, I I think if you if you've if you know me at all, I, I think I mentioned it's actually it's behind me. I mentioned the money high slash Casa de Papel um, mm. probably every other day of my life to everybody that I know. So and I think <laughs> you got me to watch it this year. I know. I'm the so first excited. thing I watched in in isolation. I oh, started wow. it in like April yeah. and I burned through 50 episodes. I'm, I'm, I'm wow. so I'm so I'm so happy. Uh, you know, it's it's one of the, I, I feel like it's the great. pandemic's been for 15 years. So I definitely watch it during some part of it. Um, and I, I loved the great. Um, and I mean, all the queens, the gambit, the crown, the great, mm-hmm. all, they're, they're all, all the phenomenal. Um, and this new series, this new um, Egyptian series, I, I definitely want to plug called Paranormal. Um, oh, yeah. On Netflix. A, fr- a friend of mine created it. He's, he's direct. And like, it is, it is just, it's, it's so exciting. Like, and it's so exciting to see proper Egyptians dealing with Egyptians, like uh, archaeology, like, it, it, I know oh. that sounds weird, but like, it's so exciting to see them be the saviors. And so it's, <laughs> yeah. it's really, really nice to awesome. see, see those stories being told. So I, I highly recommend it. Just a couple of things. The, um, for me, it was all comfort watching and repeat viewing things I already loved, but the couple of new things that I watched that I really loved, one was a comedy horror on Shudder called Scare Me. Oh, it was great. I heard that was good. So good. I mean, it's yeah. two people, two horror writers telling each other scary stories. And it's Heck just yeah. a genius That's cool. sound design. Uh, it is so worth your, yeah. you know, yeah, $7.99 yeah. or whatever shutter costs. But I watched it several times. 
And then the other thing that I watched that is sort of old, but on HBO Max, they have all these BBC shows. And so I watched this one called The Thick of It, which is like V before V. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Fucking greatest. Yes. And I don't know why, but watching like this guy, Malcolm Tucker, berate and demean people (laughs) for 20 minutes at a time. I mean, I couldn't get enough of it. I watched the whole thing like three times through. Yeah. The, the, the fact that he became Doctor Who after Doctor that is Who. to me makes yeah. me laugh I every know. goddamn time. <laughs> um, Tamara, uh, did you watch Host on Shutter? I was just gonna say Host. Yeah. Uh, what is no. Shutter? Does the, everyone know what Shutter is? <laughs> Shutter is the horror for Netflix. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I, I think I will I, never I, have because I, I don't I'm watch. I'm scared. Dairy. Yeah. <laughs> Check it out. It is. It's I the best know. thing I watched all year. Oh, Unorthodox! Yes. I watched that. Yes. That was great. Was that like yep. during the pandemic or was that? Yep. Like a, yeah. that? No, that's my brain is doing that too. I'm like, what? Cause yeah. in the, in the beginning so of, my, of the pandemic, my roommate and I had like two different speeds. One was like a rotation of parks and rec in the West wing, which <laughs> neither of us had seen. And there was something like about watching like competent governments and like people who cared about like, <laughs> acting. And we yep. like loved that. And then we went through this phase in the beginning of watching people like in, in really bad situations. Cause it made us feel better. And th- that was mostly movies like Titanic and like Castaway and, um, room. <laughs> um, and we were like, it could be worse. Uh, oh, so that we did that. I know it's bad, but then, they're like the new shows like Lovecraft Country. Um, mm-hmm. I loved it. And that was cool because I we actually got to go to like the drive in finale event and see kind of how people are doing those things. And it was like actually a thing that we saw like c- completed during quarantine. We started the show in quarantine and then we ended it like, you know, in a photo booth in my car. And it was it just felt and, you know, like actors washing the windows. And then they would <laughs> I love when people take, you know, horrible, awful lemons of this pandemic and, and do something sweet with it. And and Lovecraft was just such a cool, awesome show that to get to experience it in that way was like so creative from start to finish. Um, but yeah, if you're feeling down, watch Titanic. It was pretty bad there too. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Oh, no. it, it's fair point. It's a fair point. Yep. Yep. Um, no, legit. My, uh, I definitely Shit's Creek has been my great love for every year that it's existed. So, um, watching the final season was food for my soul. Um, Somebody Feed Phil is literally mm. comfort in television form. It's amazing. It like reminds you that the world actually can be a happy place. <laughs> um, so I highly recommend it. Um, Never Have I Ever. Oh, yeah. Uh, that loved. was during. Yeah. I really um, loved and was pleased by. I will admit, um, I I have hit this phase where I'm not I can't watch anything that causes tension I can't watch rich white people behaving badly. I cannot like, so it's cut out a whole swath of all the shows people are talking about. So I've literally just been rewatching things I love. So like I have, I have, I've like already rewatched person of interest again. I've rewatched mm. elementary twice. I mm. rewatched Friday night lights. I rewatched, I started rewatching men of a certain age on HBO max. Nice. Um, you know, so I'm I'm all about like, oh, this show made me so happy. I'll watch yeah. this again. I will. Way, I just want to. Oh, sorry. No, just just to that. I, I I know we're wrapping up, but I find that particularly interesting. That Succession. I have nothing against any of these shows, but Succession and The Crown and The Boys are the same mm. show to me, which is <laughs> powerful white people dealing with white powerful problems, and I'm. 
it's interesting to me that people love them so much that it's that like uh, unorthodox is kind of the opposite of that. And then I, that people love succession that much harkens back to a very strange time to me of like nighttime soap operas of watching yeah. fake mm-hmm. rich people. And I'm, I'm interested by that fascination. Like, I don't know why I'm surprised that in this time, mm. especially listening to Cole talk about SWAT, which I think is how everyone should be talking about everything that, that yeah. that sort of fantasy is so desirable is weird to me and a little mm-hmm. off-putting maybe a tiny bit in my head, but yeah. um, it's interesting. And even Ted Lasso, which I love and I'm a huge soccer fan, it's still, it's still a privileged white guy failing up because mm-hmm. he's so nice in a way that America hasn't been in a long time. Like it's very mm-hmm. strange mm-hmm. things that work there. And in terms of trends moving forward, I don't know what that means at all, but it's interesting to me. I I, th- I think that's a great point with succession. Um, I, I, that whole Shakespeare wrote King Lear during the the plague oh. that was going around oh, earlier. Oh. Well, this is this is King Lear, the TV show, and so for for me, it's it's fun to see to see that. I t- it t- like it's for me, it's lifestyles of the rich and famous, but somebody's paying a price, and so mm-hmm. and so that to me is what makes it exciting, and also not being. Uh, of that, you know, melanin makeup. Like it, it, for me, it's, it's also nice to be like, Oh yeah. Fuck her over. Fuck <laughs> her over. Yes. Yes. Be an asshole. Rap. Go ahead. Try guy. Like, so maybe it's, but this is, let me, I think in Carlos, I think we've talked about this even. Cause like, I also am fascinated by like the obsession with succession and, and I love the show and I watch the show, but it's a magic trick to me. Right. Because you don't like those guys. You're not rooting for them. Yet when they succeed, you get that adrenaline rush. So like there's something in the execution of that show, which I cannot for the life of me put my finger on, that is absolutely magic that gets people hooked no matter what angle you come at it from. You know, on a slightly different topic, I remembered something else that I watched that was great. That is the polar opposite of succession, which is uh, I May Destroy You. Oh yeah. Mm, mm. Great. Talk about amazing. Just Yeah. And like a TV can do that kind of way. Um, And I was going to say, I feel I wanted to pour some out for one day at a time, which Mm, was announced today that it is officially, which is a knife in the heart. I, I, it paved the way for so many shows, I believe, including my own. And that was um, when it was on CBS during the pandemic, I'd already seen those episodes, but like to what you were saying, Nicole, revisiting them, it was just like a hug was so nice. If you're looking for the opposite of, you know, succession uh, it's, it's, you know, Netflix (laughs) and pop, or it's just such a, such a, to watch people have such joy and to hear people laughing in the same room as each other. My God. But by the way, again, not to be not to be a downer on it. I, I'm, I'm. It's upsetting to me that that show wasn't watched by more people. Oh, it, it, awful! I constantly go back to this, like, oh, are we in a bubble? And mm-hmm. is does the country really? Are we reflecting the country's taste? And and that show in particular felt like like you, like when you watch that show, you're like, well, shouldn't every show be aspiring to this kind of thing? Like, not the exact same format, but they're honest and brave and take like really ballsy in its own way and And funny and like it did funny in their case but it it could be a drama or anything and and that 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 it didn't catch on the way 
I just just naturally assumed, well, we live in this time and we're talking about these issues. And of course people respond to this. We're doing an election episode in the most careful, beautiful way. And it's depressing to me that you're like, just give me like five limousines in a row. I just want to hear that piano and (laughs) and the limousines is is that upsetting to me. Yeah. Yeah. Not Carlos's. Carlos's view of succession, I'm all for. Yeah. (laughs) No, you know what? You know what's funny, and God, I, I don't want to ramble on here, but you know, one of the things that I'm finding with these shows that I'm going out with, you know, it is, and and it sucks because one day at a time, and and so many more like it. Um, the big thing that people that are of Latinx descent, we always get asked, you know, where's the next Narcos? And that's and that show will go on forever. That show will go on forever, and it's one of the highest rated shows in the history of of, of shows. Because there is a, a certain version of what we do and what we, you know, what we do that needs to be portrayed on screen. And so we get something like one day at a time and people are like, well, I don't know if they're, you know, just going to be living in a home, having home issues. Like there's <laughs> <laughs> Pablo Escobar coming. Like that's, that's what people expect. And so I've made it to my detriment, a hard rule. There are no, there are no, you know. There are nothing, there's nothing like that, that I will, that I will create. Now, if I get hired to do something or if I want to work on a staff, that's one thing, but I will not add to that um, unfortunate stereotype. Mm -hmm. Hey, the biggest Latinx actor right now on TV is wearing a Mandalorian mask. We can't even see his face. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my gosh. Representation matters. (laughs) Yep. Yes, it does. Yeah. Oh, by the way, if you guys haven't watched the um, Dance Dream, the Debbie Allen documentary on Netflix, mm. it is a delight. Ooh. It is oh, a delight. Nice. It's like it was such a joy to see so many beautiful black and brown children like dancing. It was just like, where was oh. that when I was a little girl? <laughs> <laughs> That's so nice. Yeah, the wish the, the there's something I. Yeah, it's 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 it really is kind of the op, the two ends of the spectrum. It's like I wanted to watch like one day at a time and Parks and Rec and feel like I was being hugged or like watch the vow and just be like, <laughs> what's going on here? Yeah. Look at these Did you terrible watch the humans. I didn't watch the I watched the Deuce. I watched the Vow. I listened to the podcast. Seduce is okay. Here's my watching plan because I've told a lot of people watch the first two episodes of the Vow so you like kind of like see what sucks everybody in. Then watch all of Seduce because it's correct. Correct. Then if you're still craving the content, you can go back to the Vow and also (laughs) listen to the podcast um, because it's also great. (laughs) That's on (laughs) this. Well, I didn't do it in that order. I did Vow first, but I think Seduce. Just, I mean, sorry, it's but this so is much older podcast talking about <laughs> Nexium content. Yep, 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 yep. That's also how I recommend The West Wing. Watch like the first three episodes, <laughs> then go watch Sports Night. <laughs> <laughs> then go back to The West Wing. Stop at season four. <laughs> watch the reunion. Yes, as soon as as soon as Rob Lowe leaves, you should just exactly. Oh my god! I know. It's all, we stopped. We stopped. I was like, oh, because it was giving us so much joy, and then it, it sort of stopped giving us joy, and we were like, we're I know. Out now. Poor Joshua Molina just went. Oh. oh. <laughs> Look, the greatest tragedy to me of that show was that Jimmy Smits came and I still couldn't come back. Like, I love Jimmy Smits like I can't even tell you. And I tried. I did a Wire rewatch at the beginning of this. Oh, nice. Speaking of uplifting. No, I know. It was was a My wife had never seen it. And so, and I, I don't know how it came up, but we started it. And then it was, it was beautiful and awful at the same time. Like, it was really... So, so like, good. why the fuck are we putting this through this? Like, it was, 
Very, it was like a month into George Floyd, like the protests. Oh, and, God. It was also incredible that they, I don't know, it's not a perfect show looking back, but there are a lot of good things that they, I mean, there are a lot of things yeah. that they addressed. Oh, yeah. Are yeah. amazing. Oh, yeah. Even yes. yep, yep. that long. And that Absolutely. was an intense way to start. But homicide up. is better. <laughs> you don't have to choose we can like both everyone can like everything no, i know but literally because every writer's room in hollywood you go in and like 10 people have to start about how the wire is the greatest thing ever and i'm like homicide is better <laughs> she does right. she does i do jay no i did it with a writer who wrote on both of them in the room that's right that's right she did <laughs> yep. they agree <laughs> yeah how did she go was down? like she was like, Nicole, you love whichever one you love. Yeah. <laughs> she was very diplomatic right about it. <laughs> and I did, before I said it, I was like, I just want you to know I'm about to say something controversial, but I'm going to say it anyway. <laughs> oh. oh, I also um, wanted to plug Mythic yeah, Quest on Apple. Oh, Mythic so Quest, so good. So good. And like, so, so much smarter than I expected it to be in like a billion different ways. And I, I, right. I want to like make a, a special call out to like departure episodes. Cause they do one in the middle of the season that oh, is gosh. really good and surprising. Mm -hmm. And is like a great little half hour movie in the middle of the season. That's just a delight. Yeah. And that pandemic so, episode was, the, I think it was the first yeah. one, right? Yeah. They were one of, yeah, they were one of the first yeah. ones out with the that pandemic was, episode. Right. And Incredible. theirs is, is really good. Yeah. The, <laughs> yeah. um, I haven't watched all of it, but I watched, I ended up because I was looking at some actors I was considering for um, some casting and I watched a couple of episodes of the amazing stories on Apple. And I was so like, whatever. And they were so beautiful. And so like, like, very enjoyable. It literally yeah. had that amazing story. Like, mm -hmm. Oh, it's going to uplift you at oh. the end feeling. And I was so genuinely pleased and surprised. Cause you know, I, you know how I am about like reboots of shows <laughs> yeah. I loved. And I was like, Oh my God. She says the girl who's getting a paycheck on a reboot of a show she loves. But <laughs> just say, I didn't create it. <laughs> we can't listen to you. You think homicide is better than The Wire. Um, <laughs> thank you all so much for being here. This was an absolute delight. It was so lovely to talk to other humans, especially you humans. Please have a safe and pleasant and restful holiday season. You too. Thank you, too. You too so thank you, Ben. Thanks nice for to meet Bob. everyone. Thank you. Nice you too. Good luck, everybody. Forever. Dog. This has been a Forever Dog production. Executive produced by Brett Boehm, Joe Cilio, and Alex Ramsey. For more original podcasts, please visit foreverdogpodcasts.com and subscribe to our shows on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Keep up with the latest Forever Dog news by following us on Twitter and Instagram, at Forever Dog Team, and liking our page on Facebook.